Hey GP learners, do you want to know how to make a Facebook page for your GP practice? Well, in this video, I'm going to show you a walkthrough process of how to do that so you have an effective and safe Facebook page to use for your GP practice. I'm going to cover the various different stages and the considerations you need to make when using it as a GP surgery. As always, if you've got any questions or comments, feel free to contact me on whichever platform you prefer, definitely Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. If you are listening on the podcast platforms, please leave us a review, preferably on iTunes. And as always, subscribe to make sure you get all of our content first and foremost by clicking the bell in particular. And as always, EGP Learning is here to help save you and your patients time by tech enhancing your primary care and learning. Shall we begin? Hey, GP learners. So in this video, I'm going to show you how you can set up your own practice Facebook page. Um, so initially, you need to log into Facebook. You can do this through your own personal account if you prefer, or you can do it through a business account. Doing it through a business account does look slightly different and does enable you additional options like setting up um, advertising posts and that kind of stuff. Um, I'll cover that in a separate video later down the line. But for today, let's just get you up and running, shall we? So first thing, go to your Facebook profile. Um, this is my practice Facebook page that you can see here on the screen, and hopefully we'll get you to have something that looks fairly similar to this. So in terms of doing so, you need to open a new Facebook page. You can do this either by going to your Facebook icon, and then there'll be another one at the bottom here that says pages. Click on that. And when you do, you get something that looks a little bit like this. Now, yours may be empty. I run quite a few different Facebook pages and stuff, but simply you go to the create page icon in the top right hand corner and click on that. When you do so, you get the option of whether or not you want to create a Facebook page based on business or brand, or whether you want to go for community or public figure. I would recommend that practices click the business or brand because this gives you additional functionality that you won't get through the community or public figure element of things. And actually, general practice is a business at the end of the day. You need to come up with a name for your practice. So sensibly, it would be to use your practice name. Now remember, I've already created one, so I'm going to just create a dummy profile. I will be deleting this afterwards so you won't be able to find it. But effectively, this is how you can create a profile. So let's go for um, Dr. Gandalf's practice, shall we? And then you need to add a category. So let's try health. Um, not really many things available there, but health, medical and health is down there at the bottom. Okay. Um, I, can we find general practice? Yeah, we can actually. Even better, general practitioner. You then need to put an address in. For the purposes of this video, I've already put a dummy address in there, as you can see. Um, clearly, it'd be sensible to put your practice address and your practice phone number in there when you're filling this in. You do have the option of not showing your address if you wanted to. Now, given that this is for a practice Facebook account, I really wouldn't recommend clicking on that. For the purposes of this video, though, I am, because otherwise it's going to show it. So let's click Continue. Now, there will be a bit of a pause as Facebook figures out what it wants to do with this information. And then... Facebook will ask you to add a profile picture. So the profile picture is the part in the top left-hand corner. It's basically your logo or icon or whatever, and you need to upload a picture from here. So in terms of doing so, click Upload, and then find a picture you want to add. So if I pick one of the random ones I've got stored in my icon, so let's go for picture of uh, even better. I've got the Outlook icon, so we're going to use that for today. Um, now, in terms of the dimensions for the icon that you need, this needs to be ideally about 400 pixels by 400 pixels. It needs to be a one-to-one -one ratio, essentially. The minimum is 170 by 170 pixels, 
but because of the differences that you get when you use things like mobile devices, desktop devices, I do recommend it being a little bit higher, a bit more dense in image pixels, so then you get better quality image. 400 by 400 is pretty much standard across most social media platforms. Next, it will ask you to add a cover photo. Now, this is the banner-like image that you see at the top corner. Um, so if we go to my practice page again, you can see this big picture of my practice effectively. And I like that because that helps patients identify where they need to go. You can clearly use other kind of things, more fun images, more kind of engaging images and stuff. But I like the fact that this tells patients this is where they're going and stuff. In terms of uploading, it does need to be a particular size. So the size recommended is 820 pixels by 360 pixels. And there are some elements of cushioning around the side you need to take into account. This basically means that the image scales really well depending on whether you're using a desktop or a mobile interface or whatever. So let's find an image that we can use. Um, I'm deliberately going to use one that's not designed for this to show you why. Um, but if we go for this image about patient onboarding that I've got stored in my stuff and then click OK and it will print think about it and then it will give you a page. So as you can see, it's already uploaded our icon and it doesn't quite sit very well because the image size isn't designed for this. But effectively, you need to use an ideally suited icon. It's important to remember that the icons that you use should fit in a circular kind of window. Um, so if you have a generally a square kind of logo and things, then that may not sit very well, as you can see here. And you can update it. So you can choose from the photos and edit it as best as you want. So if I could use that one again, or I can use alternate ones that I've got. And it gives you directions in terms of how to scale and size it. And then you can also zoom in and out if you want to, to make it bigger, smaller, that kind of thing. So I can make it bigger and then that will adjust the image to fit within the window a bit more effectively and stuff. So that's adjusted that one. It then does start walkthrough process, but as you can see from my onboarding image, I'm not sure if you can remember, the image was much bigger than that, and it's only selected portions of it to fit into the window. So that's why I did mention about that pixel size earlier. I'll come to a tip in a second that allows you to do that more effectively. The good thing about Facebook is then it walks you through what you need to do to set up your page for it to be effective and successful. So first of all, it says uh, to invite your friends and things to it. Now, you don't really want to be inviting all your personal friends to this kind of page because this is not what it's designed for. But if you have people in the practice um, that you would want to engage with this, definitely worth inviting them. And if you have patients already that are on your Facebook friends list, that may be something to consider. I would only recommend doing that if you're in a smaller community. Obviously, it's different in terms of how you use Facebook if you aren't living in your community itself. I'm going to skip this bit for now. It then asks you to basically set up various different things. So you can set up instant messaging through your Facebook page. Now, I would recommend doing this, but I would recommend doing this once you're a bit more comfortable using a Facebook page itself. So for now, you can always switch it on or off. Um, and basically you don't have to do that at this stage. So I'm just going to close that window down and then it lets you think about how you want to set up the page itself. So there's various different ways you can do this at the moment. I've got home services and reviews and you can add more if you want to. Now some of these are clearly not relevant to general practice. So for example, shop and offers, not really effective for current modern general practice. If you're running a private practice or if you're selling items, different matter, but basically not as relevant. It shows at the moment we've got no upcoming events and it just shows that we've uploaded our profile and our cover page and that's it pretty much, apart from the previous image. 
Now, in terms of setting up your page more effectively, as I said, you can adjust the cover photo to whatever you feel is more effective. This can be done yourself if you want to, and you can use tools like Canva to help you do this, which are free and easy and accessible to use. My personal preference, though, for this kind of work, if you want to do it quickly and effectively, is use a tool called Snapper. So S-N-A-P-P-A. Reason for doing this is it has preset templates for the various different things that you need. So I'm logged into my Snapper account, and as you can see, it's got various different things for Facebook posts, links, and other kind of things if you want to. Um, if you want to create a graphic, you just click Create, um, and then put in the particular sizes you want. Um, so for example, if we go down to Facebook, it's got a Facebook cover photo. Click on that, and it's also got featured templates that you can use, adjust, and edit. So if I go to this one, social media marketing, yeah, as you know, in EGP Learning, this is something I do a little bit. As you can see, it gives you a template that you can then use and adapt and adjust. And it also tells you the cushion elements that you need to be aware of. So these are the parts you need to stay away from because otherwise on different devices, this part may not be visible and this top part may not be visible if you're looking at it from a desktop area. So it's important to recognize this and basically keep most of your image within the inner rectangle that you can see here. That's why I like this tool. It's free to use. It does cost a little bit when you want to download the images. It's not the end of the world if you do so, but it'll take a lot of the time and the effort out of doing this in terms of setting up your practice page. Next up, we want to go into the settings. So go to settings and click on that. And these are the various different settings. And there are a lot on this page that are worth basically considering, but not that you really need to do. So at the moment, my page is published. Okay, it's already gone live. If you wanted to pause that whilst you edit some of the things, feel free to do so. Visitor post. This is a part that many people get anxious about when they're thinking about using practice Facebook pages. Can other people post to the page? Well, if you're not ready for this, you can edit it just by clicking edit, and then you can allow, um, basically, you can unselect that. So only yourself can post pages initially if you want to, and then click save. I probably would recommend doing this at the start until you feel a bit more comfortable, but actually having other people post to your page is not a bad thing. Another setting that may be worth looking at is the messaging settings. So if you click on this and edit, this is what allows people to message you whether you want them to or not. And now again, if you're initially starting, you may want to switch this off whilst you get to grips with how to use a Facebook page. However, this can be a useful way of engaging with your practice population as well. I would recommend doing this if you've got somebody who's dedicated in terms of doing so for you. So at the moment, we're going to switch that off. Another setting that's worth looking at is the profanity filter. So this is the one that prevents people from using um, various different, obviously, swear words and that kind of stuff. You can set it for different levels. I probably set it to medium. Some people prefer presenting to strong. It's your choice in terms of how comfortable you feel with things. Um, but at least then this gives you some context and stuff. I would definitely make sure that your similar page suggestions is clicked on. So this is for pr other practices that have Facebook pages that Facebook recognize. This means that this will be recommended and that can be quite positive in terms of sharing and things. And definitely make sure that your translations automatically switched on. So this means that people who do look at your page in other languages will have it automatically translated. Yes, this will be using Facebook translations, but I would argue something's better than nothing, and it does reduce the amount of work you may have to do in that element. The next setting that's worth looking at is the page info. So by clicking on this, this gives information about your actual page. So as Facebook compiles it, adding a short description. So this would be a good place to put information about your practice or your practice motto, for example, if you wanted to. Although there is a better section later down for that. But simply just simple things. So this is... Um, 
Dr. Gandalf's practice that's in the middle of the time vortex and open at these particular times, serving our local community. That'd be a great strap line to start off with. You can add in additional categories if you want to, and also update your details, and if necessary, put in extension numbers and things. Um, definitely put in your practice website address, and this is really useful and effective to have done. If you do have a general practice email address, it's also worth adding at this stage if you want to, and particularly if you're pushing down the line of online consultations, this can be a useful and effective way to deal with things. But clearly remember to use your general practice email address that is monitored and stuff. You can also type and stamp effectively where your practice is, and this is useful for when people want to find you through Facebook. The next section is maybe relevant if your practice is housed, for example, in a health center and stuff that Facebook may recognize more effectively. That can help people in navigation in a better area and also put down the areas that you service. Next section is putting in your opening hours. Now, I would really recommend doing this because this identifies to anybody who uses it that these are the times that the practice is open. So it will actually state this on your Facebook page when people go to it, whether the practice is open or closed. So definitely make sure this is a section that you fill in completely and effectively okay and then lastly the ed impression is things like your practice motto and last little bit it's about various other areas in terms of the privacy policy so this is an area which i do recommend practices look at using and this is a great place to put your practice social media policy so really would recommend filling that in and just put a link to that to go back up you can then look at the templates and tabs so earlier you saw that we had different sections like shop and offers and that kind of stuff that you could see. This is where you can edit these to adjust, move them around first of all, to more relevant things, but also remove the ones that aren't relevant. So you can remove shop, you can remove offers, you can bring posts higher up and, and stuff and basically allow that to work more effectively. Post attribution is who is the person that's posting. I would always recommend this is done as the practice, not as the individual so I, I never post to my practice Facebook page as me. I always do it as my practice name. Notifications. I would set this relatively high to a degree. So um, you want to get notifications for when patients make comments, if you have that set on. Whether you want to track the things like the new pages, the new check-ins, new likes, all that kind of stuff, that's up to you. I generally don't because I don't need to monitor that from my perspective and I check on it every couple of weeks to see also to see how it's tracking anyway. Messages, as I said, you can switch on or off. If you're starting out, I'd probably recommend switching it off. Um, and similarly with email and text messages that you could use, particularly using this for an app mobile device. The advanced messaging feature is worth having a consideration if you are using messages from your practice profile. And this gives you details like um, selecting different apps and even possibly going down the route of ch chatbots and stuff if you wanted to. Again, I wouldn't recommend doing this particularly unless you're very confident in doing so. Next part lets you set page roles. So this is really effective if you're going to be delegating responsibility or having a team of people doing this monitoring of the Facebook page for you. So you have obviously the person who's the creator. So at the moment that would be me because I've just created this whole page. But you can create other additional roles like moderators and admins and that kind of stuff that allow adjustments of the page and stuff. As I said, if you're having other members of your team working with you doing this, definitely recommend it. And I would really recommend that you do consider that. Don't be the GP that's doing this by yourself because actually it can create other issues for you. So the people and other pages section is more about giving information about who's already liked and been uh, using your profile. Um, at the moment, obviously, there's no information on here because 
this is not really up and live and running yet, but this will have more information later down the line and useful possibly to consider looking at about three months or so after you set up your Facebook page. Authorizations is around running ads. This can be effective to do if you're looking at engaging better with your local community population because Facebook has a really good ad system. This does involve cost. If you're going to do this, I would recommend that you sign up for a business page though. I'm not going to cover that in this section just because of the fact it's a little bit more complicated. The next part I probably consider looking at is if you do have a practice Instagram account, you can link these two up. Um, I'm not going to do that. So the cross post section allows you to share um, images and content and other kind of stuff from other pages. This is really useful if you've got other practices in the area and that you want to add them and stuff. So you can just simply type their name. And so, for example, if you went to Wellspring, Surgery St. Anne's, you can click on that and then it will allow you to link up and share any content from them on a voluntary basis, not automatically. Um, and then that will allow you to cross post stuff, content that they have posted. I'm clearly happy for other practices to do that with our practice page if you want to. And obviously just make sure the content is relevant to your local area because often I will post information that's relevant just to my um, local area and stuff. I'm going to cancel that for now. And then the last bit is just about a bit more in terms of informatics and that kind of stuff. A good part to use when you're looking at Facebook pages is the publishing tools section at the top. So when you click on that, it gives you the option of how you want to publish posts and things. And as you can see, it's already showed the ones that I've got available. You can schedule posts. And I would definitely recommend doing this if you're planning on using your Facebook page on a regular basis so that actually you can just set aside an hour or so to create lots of posts that you then publish at later times. It gives you all information about um, libraries and information and stuff that you may want to use. I'm not going to go into that in more detail because this would make a much longer video. The other section I did want to show you was the insights. So once you have started to create posts and stuff, you will then get analytic information via Facebook as to what kind of posts are effective, what kind of populations you're reaching, all that kind of stuff. As you can see, this isn't much information at the moment. But to show you, I will show you what ours looks like in from our practice. So by clicking on the insights page, so you can see that we've got various different pieces of information and page views, for example, previews. That's when they're presented to people in their feed, but they haven't clicked as such. Likes, engagement, video kind of stuff and information on those. And these are some of the posts that I've done more recently. You can see the different types of engagement that things get. Generally, what I do tend to find is that um, simple text posts have very little engagement. Posts with an image tend to do you much better in terms of reach and views, and also occasionally some engagement. Video ones do even better than that. So some of the best um, posts I've had are videos I've put up. So for example, our recent coronavirus video and things. However, definitely the thing that gets you the most engagement is going live on Facebook. And that's partly because uh, Facebook's algorithm will push that significantly to your local area also to other people more effectively. So if you really want good engagement to build up the number of likes and, and followers and all that kind of stuff, going live on a regular basis is definitely something to consider. And we're covering that for, in a later video for you. Once you've completed all that kind of information, you will then have a fully functioning page. I hope you found this video useful in terms of starting, at the very least, to have your own Facebook page. If you've got any comments or questions, feel free to let me know. If you've got any tips in terms of how to do this more effectively from your perspective, again, let me know. Keen to hear and share those. As usual, if you want to subscribe, I would love it if you do so by clicking the bell as well to get notified of all of our content first and foremost. Available on all the various platforms, Twitter, Facebook, definitely, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. 
And as always, eGP Learning is here to help save you and your patients time by tech enhancing your primary care and learning. Catch you in the next episode.